conflicts are not usually about surface things. They are about old, untreated wounds that we allowed to fester, that we haven't dealt with. This is why resolving a conflict is never a simple issue. You need to take a look at what the wound looks from both sides and go deep enough to clean it, to understand it, and ultimately to heal it. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone interested in psychology or who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. At the core of any conflict, there's denial. It can be a denial of our role in the conflict, what we did or didn't do. It can be the other person's point of view. It can be our denial that we did something that perhaps wasn't the best course of action, or that we made a mistake, or it can be a denial of the conflict itself. In any case, conflict, untreated conflict, means we're not accepting something. And the word conflict really can have different meanings, in that many of us, when we hear of conflict, we kind of cringe inside. We don't like it. We think that conflict is bad. And it can be if handled improperly. It can easily be bad. But the point is, a conflict occurs when there are two sides that want different things. Essentially, you have conflict with another person when you need something off the other person and need to be met that doesn't get to be addressed and resolved. Conflict in relationships can be the time for growth or it can be the time where things just fall apart. It all depends on how we deal with it, how we handle it. Most conflicts are caused by people, organizations, or countries not listening to the other side or not listening well. Because listening, real listening, is not when you try to get information, you listen to what they say just to get your own needs met to turn that around, rephrase what they are saying, to use it against them. That is the opposite of communication. And it leads to major problems between people and between countries, between ideologies and religions. Listening is the most critical skill that any problem solver needs to employ first. Because if we don't, all kinds of bad things can happen. In relationships, you get gossiping. You get silent treatment as a way to force the other person to engage. You get all kinds of backstabbing and angry shouting. Because shouting is not communicating. And neither is listening for ammunition rather than for understanding. Because for dealing with conflict and to resolve a conflict... We really need to clarify exactly where we are at. What is my position? What is the other person's position? Where do I come from? Where does he come from? And how can you use all that knowledge of what every participant is saying 
and how their views and opinions were shaped so that you can truly understand each other. If you don't do the listening and you don't do it well, the conflict will always remain. You can kind of deal with it and come up with a resolution or compromise. But if you haven't understood, discussed, and really appreciated all the differences, that is as much as we can do. And it's the best case scenario, really. If we can't find common ground, you and I, then we need a mediator. And this can be somebody who's not directly involved, but who will listen to what each side is saying and try to translate it and communicate to the other. And through listening and rephrasing with the intent to understand, we can get closer to some sort of compromise or conflict resolution. And in the end, if done right, both parties should be able to profit from the way the thing gets resolved. If we don't do this, if my opinion is, I'm unconditionally right, therefore you are unconditionally wrong, no resolution is even possible, because the other person, of course, will take the same approach. So resolution can never take place if we take part being offensive and defensive. None of that works. You can't beat somebody down and try to acknowledge your truth. Even when you're actually right, it won't work because it goes so much against human psychology. So being offensive doesn't work and neither does being defensive, really. Because when we are defending ourselves, we are kind of tacitly accepting that we are at fault. Then we try to make apologies or excuses. That doesn't work. What does work is actually leaving your ego behind and not taking things personally to begin with. That gives you the freedom. It frees us space and mental clarity and focus to actually deal with the problem at hand. Because the problem is something that happened. It is not the other person. And this is important. Because so often, when there's a conflict, our approach is, we're the good guys, and they are bad. It is not about the event or act that happened. It is them. And that is the problem, because this approach is always one-sided. And it is never really true. Pretty much never. Everybody has good sides and bad sides. But what's more important, if you blame a person's character, that is something they can't even change. And it's something, this is something that they hold very dear, that matters to them, that they will defend at all cost. So they will flatly deny any wrongdoing whatsoever. Because so much is at stake. Any conflict resolution is about the things we do, not who we are. Blaming people doesn't help. It only makes things worse. We can't really resolve a conflict by blaming another person. When you're dealing with a person you are in conflict with, there are always two layers of communication at least. One of it is what you both are actually saying. The arguments you're making, trying to 
influence each other in some way. Persuade or blame. Or put down and gain advantage. The other one is the things that are not actually said, but they're included in other lines of communication, such as body language. And you can get a lot of understanding and even getting common ground by listening to those channels. If you watch how people behave as they talk and give their arguments, if you listen to their voice tone and how it changes, and you watch the body language, you can get a much fuller understanding of the argument the person is trying to make and what really matters, what makes them tick, why they're saying the things they're saying, and what they're trying to achieve. A little trick that I use when dealing with somebody who has a problem with something that I say or do is not react, not physically react. Sometimes I have to deal with a person who's angry. And there's always some element of situation in there. Something happened to them before they were talking to me, typically. So whatever the argument or the fight really is about, it's hardly ever about you. And if somebody attacks you because they're in the mood or they think that you are to blame for something, my response generally is to not react to it. Because what usually happens in this kind of situation is both parties get very tense and then you try to make arguments to convince the other person that you are in the right. And your bodies do this dance of tension and being prepared almost as if physically for fight. So one of the things that I remind myself of when this happens is to relax, to have body language that is strong, but at the same time completely non-combative, and where I train myself, even force myself, to actually listen, to take in as much as I can get from all channels of communication, so that I can get to what happened to this person for them to lose control and become emotional and what they really need to get to some equilibrium to become peaceful again. Because if you're not consciously aware of your body language and how you react to other people's body language, you will pick up what they are doing and you will react. And if their body language is aggressive, their natural tendency for us is to become either defensive or aggressive, and neither approach really works. But if you can maintain strong, confident body language and at the same time listen to what the other person has to say without it affecting you, that is where you can actually change things. You can help the other person understand what they really want and help them get it. It's about reading the cues and leading the other person to get not necessarily what they want, but what you know they need. It's about prioritizing the resolution over your ego. Because you can't resolve a conflict if you take things personally. And also some fights are not worth fighting for. And whichever case that is, you probably find out by your ego being or not being directly involved. That's kind of the measure. If you can leave it behind for the time being, for the purpose of finding common ground and a resolution and helping the other person, 
if you can. That is where you should be. Conflicts are best resolved early. You know, sometimes in relationships we have this 48-hour rule saying that any conflict that happens in the relationship should be resolved within the first two days, but preferably much sooner. Because unresolved conflict creates a lot of anger and resentment. And over time, this will build up. And it'll create misunderstanding in what we want and what they want. It'll burn the bridges. And over time, this can be difficult to repair. So even though sometimes we can feel like we would like to avoid dealing with conflict, deal with it is exactly the thing we need to do. It's critical. It's painful, but it can be hugely beneficial, at least as opposed to not dealing with it. And sometimes we need to force ourselves, of course, but this is a skill to address the problem, to listen, really listen to the other person, to what they're saying, to use humor, even self-deprecating humor, to break the tension, to get the other person to actually listen to you. And self-directed humor is not a bad thing. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Unless you're really putting yourself down, which depends on the confidence and the humor, the ability to not take yourself seriously, that you may or may not have. If you can laugh at yourself, this can show a lot of strength. Because not everyone can do that. Not everyone's ego is strong and flexible enough. And the conflict will go away, eventually, or it should go away. But the relationship in some way, shape or form will stay. Even if you break up with your partner, or with your wife or husband, you still will have some sort of a relationship. And the relationship that you have is much more important than the conflict. This is something to keep in mind. No matter what the situation, the relationship is more important than the conflict itself. We need to create the skill, the ability, on both sides if possible, to see our own dramas or stories that we are creating for ourselves. And then instead of reacting emotionally, automatically, to what the other person is saying or doing, Stop for a moment. Resist the urge to act. And then when it has passed, that is the space that you have to actually make a decision for yourself. Make that decision something that really needs to be done rather than what you feel like doing. That is a skill that not many people have. But those that do have it they're the masters at dealing with people and at resolving conflicts. It's the space between the stimulus and the response that gives you space for real decision and real conflict resolution. Because we are influenced by other people, the way they think and they act, and we're also very much influenced by who we are and what our history is. Understanding these things as much as you can will be a big benefit in dealing with people and in dealing with yourself and getting the best results. 
You see, I'm recording this on February 28th, where the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, and in a way Russia and most of the rest of the world, is in focus. And there's a lot of failure in communication there. Because we're talking about two different worldviews. That of Russia, or of Vladimir Putin specifically. A communist dictator, if you will. And the Western world. The democratic world. And there are two sides to this conflict that I can see. One of them is, you can see it as Russia invading another sovereign democratic country. And that is what happened. No doubt about it. And the action itself is unconscionable. There's no excuse for it. But there's another lens that you can see it through. And that is, Russia has always seen the Western countries, and NATO in particular, as its rival. We think of NATO as a defensive alliance as a pact between countries about mutual defense in case shit hits the fan. And there's nothing wrong with that idea. There's nothing wrong with defense. But Putin doesn't see it that way. He sees NATO as a military alliance, which of course it is. And he doesn't like the encroachment of NATO countries. He doesn't like countries, especially those that belonged to the Russian Federation in the past, now joining NATO. And again, we can easily make the argument that they are democratic countries now, fortunately, and they can make their own decision. But we're missing the bigger point, which is of global balance of powers that used to exist during Cold War, for example. And it was a dangerous balance, for sure. But it existed. In effect, it worked. But now we're seeing more and more countries encroaching on Russia, Putin would say, and he has said it. He's been concerned about this for years, and we ignored it. We never addressed the issue. So we've had more countries join us, because why not? And in the end, we cornered Putin until he felt he had to do something. And being a dictator... The way he acted, of course, wasn't good. You can't expect dictators to do good things or make the right decisions. You can be sure, however, if you push them long enough, if you corner them, at some point they will do something very bad. Because they don't think like the rest of us, or like most of us anyway. A dictator can't simply accept that they made a mistake. That's not what dictators do. A dictator is infallible. They're always right. And they need to present themselves as strong. So that if Ukraine pushes back and the Western world pushes back, he can't simply admit he made a mistake. He needs to push harder. And this is the problem. There's no communication. There's no attempt at resolving conflict. Because we won't compromise with a dictator, and he can't compromise with us. Any dictator is a narcissist, so we will keep pushing it on both sides until we no longer can. Communicating our differences and resolving conflicts 
always is about listening first, genuinely listening, respectfully, no matter what our differences are. Then we can actually negotiate and then come up with a resolution that somehow works for both parties to make sure that we have future together or apart or that there even is a future. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. Remember that learning is a change of behavior. Any positive change you make and keep has a cumulative effect that'll make your life even better. If you found anything useful or interesting in this episode, please share it with your friends. You can reach me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Talk to you again soon. In the meantime, leave the world a little better than you found it. Thank you.